0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: hey if you're listening to this now and you want to use seat but you haven't actually it doesn't matter you can you can change your email but you need to do it now because this is your last chance
2: yes this is your gonna be your last chance use promo code a c a a for twenty dollars off a purchase if you haven't done it before do it on whatever email if you've done it before open up like 32 gmail accounts Use the promo code and buy all the football tickets you need for the entire year. Because if you don't do it soon, and by soon I mean like today, it's going to be gone. Exactly. You have literally
1: today to get 20 bucks free basically from SeatGeek to get some beer or get some food at the stadium that you go to. So do it now. Also, my bookie.
2: My bookie. It is the best. Promo code chair. That is C H A I R, all caps. Their 100% deposit bonus match is back. Do it now. Get paid. Win. Gamble on football. They have a super contest. Put in $100. Pick five NFL games against the spread. You could win $100,000.
1: That's it. Let's start the show with the Cisco Kid.
0: It's the moment of the evening. Every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Ooh, Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys.
1: Sitting here in the Bosco's Boys studio with the one and only Jesse Ertz.
3: The Cisco Kid. Making me blush. Making me blush. (laughs) Welcome so to the show, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited, man. I was looking forward to this all week.
2: Well, as your very first appearance, you do get a guest. You're the very oh. first recipient of the brand new purple wow. Bosco's Boys koozie, and then I also threw in the Christmas bottle koozie for you as man. well.
3: Treating me right. Treating me very I know. good.
2: You'll, you'll be able to pull, pull that one and uh, show Brogan. He does not have the purple one, so you can okay. hold that
3: over his head the next time you see I see I can always hold something over Brogan. I like that. <laughs> good what's he's a
1: nerd he is a huge Mm -hmm. nerd he's in school right now, trying to be a doctor just a a nerd nerd.
2: all i know is if i was ever in a doctor's office and i saw a brogan come around i'm turning yeah yeah get out of
1: there
3: to yelp i'm leaving her view (laughs) i'm walking out
1: well let's just get into it jesse your k-state playing career started off in unfortunate fashion i would say uh you tore your acl in the very first series 2015 season Mm -hmm. How frustrating was that, you know, to sit out for the entirety of the campaign after you'd won the starting job?
3: Yeah, no question. Um, so anytime you have a, an injury, there's a lot of questions that goes to your mind. And I had had an ACL of the same knee done when I was a senior in high school that pretty much brought my season to end then. So this being, as a quarterback, really your first time in live action since, you know, since they don't tackle quarterbacks in practice, since that the last time. It was probably a multiplier on, you know, is my knee going to be like this forever? Is it just going to keep happening? But um, so it was tough. It was very tough. Um, you know, you finally reached the dream of like, you know, I'm actually going to get a play. You know, I watched so many games on TV, but I've never been on TV, you know, and then uh, for it to all end very, very abruptly, um, it definitely was bizarre and, and unexpected. But um, also probably made me better, um, in the future. And, uh, it made me train a lot harder to prevent injury and other things. So was that a contact injury? I don't so remember it was, like... um, in high school it wasn't, but that one was, I was like quarterback ISO to the left. And I remember Winston Dimmel <laughs> picking up the, the linebacker. And as I start to break, break out to the left, the safety, and you have so much adrenaline, things like that. First time playing a real game so long, I was probably running super tall and, you know, um you know everything's happened a million miles an hour and uh guy comes down from my right side I try and stiff arm him basically all his weight just comes down the outside of my right knee and uh it went in and that was history so
2: no you had one more play yeah and then I I stood
3: around and I tried to feel out if, if I was dreaming or if my knee was blown up or what was happening and um, yeah, handed it off. The guy fumbled it, and I just got out of the way while everyone fought for the ball. I didn't fight for it, so.
2: Well, yeah. I, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll get on to some of the good stuff later, but I do want to ask, what is the mindset when you then have to turn around, you know, very first play of the game to then turn around and watch almost an entire mm-hmm. season from going being the guy, the leader, to then, you know, having to be a spectator?
3: Yeah, it, it was a unique role because, um, Becoming a starter, going into the sophomore season, becoming a starter, um, I was winning. I won the job. But until you're proven on the field, um, there's so many guys on your team that have proven on the field. You're not. So um, watching from the sideline, it wasn't quite the same as, like, my senior year when I'd played. played, I was truly a a defined, like – significant leader um it was different it was bizarre uh I still try to keep learning because again I still don't have game experience but um Joe and um Cody played some that year um so I was still you know trying to learn as much as I could talking with those guys and uh trying to do the best I could to help but um it is a little different you know your 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 reach isn't quite the same um at that point you know when I just won the job but um yeah my senior year was a definitely similar situation, but a totally different experience, I'd say.
1: Can you give us a little insight into, like, the process of, you know, rehabilitating, like, a major injury, mm-hmm. but for a power conference, you know, yeah. in my opinion, a priority player? I mean, you were yeah. the best quarterback on the team, mm-hmm. clear cut, you'd won the job, and I have a decent understanding of, like, you know, just medical, like, rehabilitation, but what is it like when you're in that like rehab room and yeah. this is a power five program yeah. that has high
3: expectations. What is that like? Well, you, you, you just have so much at your disposal as far as resources. So I'd wake up in the morning. Um, you still are, you still are going to lifts and you're still going to runs. That's the thing that you know people think you get hurt and you just kind of sit around and like bill's got rehab. him on the treadmill the next day no, i'm serious i tore my acl and they had me doing pull-ups like f- four days after that's still, where those guns come from, i was man, still man. <laughs> shoot yeah i'm not feeling the best these days but appreciate it <laughs> but um i mean i'm sitting there sick to my stomach off pain meds and i'm doing pull-ups and I, I remember being like this is bullshit like what am i doing here but um i mean there was some definite uh dark times of being alone you know, you're, you're inside during practice. So basically, back to the beginning, you know, you wake up. Say I have lifting in the morning or running. I go to the run. I'm on the side. Um, maybe I'm doing crunches the entire time for an hour while everyone else does. And there's a trainer there making sure you're doing crunches. You're not just pretending. And then you go to your lift, and then you're doing lifting every body part. You know, so if I tore my ACL, my right leg, I'm doing single leg squats and more than you want to be doing. And <laughs> then you go to um, – you know, practice is three hours and everyone goes to practice and then you're doing three hours of rehab. Um, and then you have a rehab time when everyone goes to rehab. So you're getting like four and a half hours plus a bunch. Of, I mean, it's really unreal how much time it like triples to put in to get better. And, um, and then you have obviously your whirlpool and all those other things is great. But I remember in particular being in practice that whole year and Alex Barnes, I don't know if he had like meniscus surgery or something. At the time, he might have been a labor. I don't remember. But he, me and him were in there together the whole year. And I remember me and him being on the stationary bike and when I would gotten to that point. And we're doing a stationary bike, and he's there, and I'm there, and he, we're both just watching highlights on our phones. Like, he's watching Adrian Peterson, and I don't know what I was watching. but um, Somebody and, doing and, some sort of J-hook. Yeah, somebody doing a J-hook, <laughs> exactly. So we're both watching, and we both have never made it on the field, and we're both in it together. And then I remember when we, when we finally kind of reached that position. And we both were starting roles talking about, like, remember when we used to be in training, in a uh, training room all the time? So um, it definitely makes you appreciate it when you get your opportunity and you're healthy.
2: So that season, 2015, there was a roller coaster. There was a six-game mm-hmm. losing streak. But inside that, there were three super close losses to ranked teams. And You weren't the only injury that year. Were you guys just sitting back and thinking, this could have been a – 10 season this could have been so different uh were those yeah. conversations being had behind the scenes
3: uh to a point um you know we had high expectations but we had so many guys dominic heath uh dayton valentine cody small especially i'm thinking on offense you know because that was the role i was in you're looking at strengths and weaknesses what do we got here and we just had so many running backs we had so many guys that were first-year starters and we felt good like these are guys are going to be good players but Again, you're not proven on the field, so nobody cares. Um, so there was some question marks. Then obviously the Morgan Burns got concussion. I, I, there were so many concussions. Daniel McDaniel tears ACL. Dante Barnett first game shoulder. I mean, it was unreal. There people were just dropping like flies. And um, and then the guys that were playing were battling concussions in and out. And yeah, it was a mess. And uh, you know, truthfully, sure, I, I think obviously it would have went better if we had everybody. I think that's obvious, but you can't, you know, say it would have for sure. I, I can Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm just a random fan. I I'll smile if you, you do, that. but I'm not going to tell you to do that. <laughs>
1: so 2016, yeah. we kind of bounce back a bit. Your junior year, you lead the team to a 9-4 and four record, and you have one of the better quarterback seasons at K-State. You throw for 1,755 yards, and you rush for 1,000 and have 12 touchdowns. What was it about that team in that year that, you know, made such a good season, including, including that bull win over Texas A&M that, you know, spent most of the year ranked in the top 10?
3: Yeah. Um, So for starters, the, the chemistry and the friendships and all that stuff, the personalities is something that goes so overlooked. I mean everyone talks about stars you know what's uh, that guy was a you know we got this many and it's like if the guy's got a shit personality and he's a four-star then his he's probably not going to improve a ton he's not and he's not going to make the other guys in the secondary or you know wherever position he's at better he's not going out of his if he's a bad personality so we had awesome people we had just great character uh all across the board offensive line um you know, defensively Dante made so many. I mean, people didn't realize that the loss on defense that Dante was, and he, he makes so many plays himself. But like the the he's he's the one making all the checks on defense when they come out. And, you know, he's incredibly incredibly intelligent. Watches so much film. He was so good at, at getting people in the right spots. Watch for this. Watch for this. That type of talk. Um, that that was going to make our defense, you know, x amount better. Offensively, I remember between me the running backs offensive line as well as the receivers but just in terms of um you know us in the in the in the trenches in the box and stuff i mean uh we just were all super close you had terrell johnson who was just a character making it fun reed Nairo was a character of course dalton is always you know talking so you just had so many people were playing extremely hard and there's you know it's just fun it's not like i don't want to screw up which uh, kind of felt like that a little bit my last year. The, I think the pressure and the other X, Y, Z factors. People were, were, you know, a little bit tight. Where we were playing very aggressive, we just sucked the year before. We had nothing to lose, and um, we believed in ourselves, and we knew nobody else did, so that kind of had a chip on our shoulder. But
2: So a play, you had – Far more highlights than I think people realize until they go down the YouTube wormhole. Oh, yeah. but, but the thing that I think almost spurred on you coming on was Grant was talking mm. about maybe the single greatest <laughs> wow. play in the last five ten years. I mean, it's well, no, obs- it's just 10. an absurd play. Had fun. But it was but it's <laughs> this amazing play versus Baylor where you probably ran 300 yards on it the would plus, have
3: been man. a lot cooler if i'd have scored in four more yards but well yeah we'll, well, yeah. I, well, I, I, we'll I, give you I, that i appreciate that. An a, it than yeah, yeah I'm thanks giving
2: an a, maybe that would have made an a plus so can you and we'll link to the highlight hopefully and put it on twitter so folks can look at it as you talk about it but what was going through your head how did it <laughs> yeah. turn from you know, maybe looking like it was going to be a five-yard loss to almost a touchdown.
1: And it was fourth. It was fourth and two. I think. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it changed. It changed the game. If it goes, it the other
1: totally way, did.
2: It, it might not. It might not it, be a win. But.
3: So for, I don't remember exactly what the per, the formation was. I think it might have been a. I'm going to pull it up. Receiver set. I can't really remember. I have it. Um. All right, you pull it up.
1: You but, guys filibuster
3: for a second. I have it for you. How all much
2: I, does Baylor suck? Well, we you know, I hate
3: them. <laughs> they st- that season they were six and oh I think to start and then I think they lost six straight, went to a bowl game and then ended up winning it, but that was the beginning of the downfall because they hate were them. they uh yeah they they definitely had their issues and um I don't know I mean they're improving so I don't know what to tell you yeah but
2: yeah Matt Rule's good yeah L O L Iowa State
3: yeah hate Iowa State yeah damn I, it's so, so <laughs> funny because I got so many people that went to Iowa State that I was friends with you know so to, and then to be recruited by them being from Iowa. You made so, the right decision. N- well, yeah. I mean, they made it easy for me, but th- I mean, to to go five and zero against Iowa State, be recruited by Paul Rhodes and their staff, and then that debacle <laughs> happened against us the year we were not very good, and then you know, it couldn't have been mm-hmm. a better you know storybook ending for me, even though I feel bad for their you know themselves, but you know whatever. I no, never feel bad.
1: Feel
2: bad have for you ever that. interacted with an Iowa State fan on Twitter? Uh, not on twitter no you will not feel bad for them <laughs> yeah. okay Graham, so Graham up the you play. can't really
1: see i mean you can that's like the start of the play that's the formation but for some reason it's like pause
3: like that yeah i see what's going on okay so yeah regardless um so basically they're playing cover zero so there's no safeties from what i remember um so everybody's playing man and then the, there's a tight end in, and the guy on the tight end's saying the tight end's not going down a route and i'm rushing too so you have more guys coming it's not looking good here you know it's, it's not are in the middle of a triangle of baylor players it's not ideal, at the 50. so we're, we're running like a read a right we're, we're, we're running a run to the right and it's a read and ideally you're leaving the end man on the line of scrimmage or in this case i think there's a stand-up end um and you're blocking everybody else well we're outnumbered, so in my eyes, I'm thinking I'm gonna just pull this thing, regardless, and I'm going to take this guy one on one and hope I can make a miss for three yards. Or if I give it to Justin, they have one extra guy, and you're looking at a wall of your own offensive line, and you're just gonna run into the back of them. So, um, I don't know. And as you watch the play play out, I'm pretty sure a D on tackle slides one on one so well that's where it goes wrong so as i as i go to pull the ball scott franz makes like a what we call a big call and he all, he puts a that's fist so on his head it gets funnier the further it uh, I go. is kind of a circus but he puts it four he, guys he, he right basically on you. taps his hip and probably said big but it's a little too loud to hear it and that means he's going to now take the end guy line scrimmage and leave the outside backer on the backside as the read guy opposed to us blocking him and leaving the other guy so i'm pulling it as i'm seeing him slide out and take the guy that i was initially hoping to be matched up you know with so now what are you going to do well he's kicking him out well i got no choice but to go outside so now it's prolonging the edge and it's widening it and then from there it just becomes a circus and uh
1: it really is a circus i um, mean you're it's the receivers
3: don't even know how to block it when I get over there.
1: You're on the fifty right now with seven yards to go. It's fourth and two, and there's four guys just right on you. Yeah, I have no idea how you get out of this. Well, when watch.
3: when you're when you're uh, you just run backwards when you're, until they when you're white and you're not like Christian McCaffrey buff, and then you know people tend to take bad angles. Basically, you run backwards motivation. and they
1: all kind of just run into each other, and it's then like it opens deceptive up a wing.
3: Uh, yeah, the old deceptive speed. <laughs> I've heard that probably. More than two hundred times. Well, you're
2: mean, pr- you're also probably a gym rat and yeah, oh, are you a coach Yeah, <laughs> I wish.
3: You know, that's the one thing I I was <laughs> really coachable of the guy. That. Coachable guy. Yeah, I tried I tried <laughs> to fulfill all those you know requirements, but uh, yeah, I don't know I don't know what to say. Got lucky at the end of the day, I think maybe. So maybe I got a text from
1: uh Brogenberry yeah. and he said, "Make sure you ask him about J hooks." Yeah. So tell us what yeah, J hooks yeah. are I mean, and the what's origin. The origin
3: of okay. That? So, uh, my uncle uh, had a friend that I'd never met before, or nothing. I met at like a basketball tournament. Now, I, at this point, it was in high school. Uh, I was kind of known in the area of being a, a good football player. Um, I don't even, I don't think I was committed to Kansas State yet or anything, but this guy comes up to me. I'm friends with your uncle. And uh, funny thing is that the guy couldn't pronounce the ch on chocolate. So, everyone called him chocolate because he said chocolate. <laughs> so, that's what everyone knows. The guy's name is chocolate. And uh, he's like, you got to do the J-hook. And I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like, this guy, I don't even know you. You come and be talking to some J-hook. He's like, when, when you're in the pocket and you get got a guy off the edge, you know, you take a step in the, in the direction away from him. He changes the angle to run you down, and then you just hook out of there. And I'm like, you know, okay, man. You know, I nod and smile. And then one day I'm in, a, I'm in, like, a situation, and I freaking hook out of there. And I'm like, that was the J-hook. So I tell my buddies the story. And now, you know, constantly you're watching football us, whatever, you know, I come off the sideline, I just freaking J-hooked, and, and Brogan <laughs> would be like, you J-hooked, the J-hook. So, the J-hook kind of, <laughs> you know, became a household move there for a minute. That's good stuff. I'm going to be calling
2: that out every time. I, know, I See Skylar do something like that. The J-hook. Section well, it's Section 7, row 39, people are going to think I'm even crazier than yeah. I am. I and will
1: definitely be like, that's a J-hook every time, because, I mean, you see that all the time. All the time. Yeah. When well, you
2: and now I know what to call it. Exactly. It thanks, just, thanks, chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So we will definitely be having you on again to talk more about your career, but this is part of our Blitz Week, so we are going to talk about this upcoming season. But before we mm-hmm. do that, you played for Bill Snyder for five years. When he finally decided to retire, what were your thought? What was your thought process? Did you think he ever was going to? While you were there, after mm-hmm. this season played out, were you thinking? Well, the old man's—he's gonna keep going. He has one more <laughs> year in him. Or what? What was the thought process like for a guy who, you know, played quarterback during the 2.0 era?
3: Yeah. So, um, so it's a constant conversation of what was he like in the 90s? What is he like now? What was he like 2012? You know. Um, and I think he, you know, I mean, the guy—I don't know how old he was, and uh, you know, when he took over the job, but obviously his coaching style changed and I hadn't had the same coach as somebody did in uh, 2003 or 1993 or whatever. But, um, from my perspective, uh, you know, he kind of was the principal and, um, you know, his, he didn't coach me, right. Del Miller coached me or Dana demo coached me. Um, and they of course reported to him. So I didn't have hardly any, you know, contact coaching with him. Um, unless there was a topic about the team we needed to go speak to him about. So for me, um, it became very evident that, uh, the move was being made. Dell Miller retired, but Dana Dibble leaving, um, Coleman moving into OC. I'm saying some controversial stuff here. So, but anyways, um, it, it was, it's just very evident. He was making, (laughs) moving the pieces to make his son the next head coach. And, um, now last year say that we would have won nine games you're probably looking at a different situation right um i think he leaves but i think sean is the current head coach i think his time was was gone i mean it was like something's gonna have to happen it's going to it's a why in the road one way or the other and um obviously the 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 ship crashed and it didn't go well and uh that's why things went the way they went and now we have Coach Kleeman and his staff. So um, that's my taste. I knew he was going to be leaving. I knew it was coming to an end for sure. I mean, uh, but how it was going to go next, there was a lot of different ways it could have went. And uh, I think that's probably why it played out the way it did.
2: And then one more thing. I didn't put in our outline, so I'm pulling a little bit of an audible. Mm -hmm. What was it like your senior year that, you know, almost everyone knew you were dealing with an injury, but he continued every week to say, oh, he's questionable. Game time Mm -hmm. decision even – having you go out and warm up for some of those games yeah what was that like you know kind of seeing that play out in press conferences and how did you deal with that yeah
3: um uh man he uh, doesn't listen so it's okay no nah, i know but uh the truth hurts i guess uh, so basically <laughs> well, I, you
2: don't want to no you so tell i'll me tell to fuck saying, off and no move
3: I, no i got no no reason i got nothing I, I, against you I had to I so mean, i'll just start and i'll just see where this goes but, um, for starters, I think, so I tore my meniscus in like the Baylor game and it was a very, uh, I mean, I didn't even think it hurt. I just felt like a pop. Like you bend your knee and it pop, it clicks. Uh, when tear I, my when I cut every morning. Man. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it didn't swell up the same as mine did probably, but, uh, I got through it. The game, it felt a little different. You know, it swelled up a lot after the game and, uh, got MRI. Yeah. Meniscus. Okay. Sounds good. We'll keep playing. Next game is Texas, and there was a point in the game where I got pushed out of bounds, and I was uh, running full speed. I get pushed in the back out of bounds, and I'm stomping my feet, trying to slow down. This is in, like, second quarter. And I'm stomping my feet, and I had this huge crunch in my knee that had, like, the meniscus. So, basically your joints where your bones meet, they're lined with cartilage. That's why people get total joints is because their cartilage wears out. They start getting pain. So my bones clacked together and the cartilage broke off. So then now my bone, you know, you're having bone on bone, uh, you know, pain and stuff like that. So that was my injury and we didn't do another MRI. So I go get surgery and I get, I get my meniscus scoped and we're thinking, okay, three weeks or something like that. Right. Three weeks ends, gets up and I'm like feeling no better. And, not at all. And there, that's just weird. This is weird. And like, well, they did say, you know, in your surgery, you had an OCD lesion, basically, you know, cartilage lesions gone, which was bizarre because it wasn't on the MRI. Well, we never did a second MRI. So there was a bunch of confusion making the story longer. It should be. But, uh, so there was some confusion. However, about four or five weeks after the injury, it was decided like, you, that's the deal. You know, we need to go back in have another surgery and you're done. And, uh, regardless a week after I got my knee scoped I was rehabbing trying to play in like two weeks that was the mindset and it was TCU and he had me suit up and go through warm-ups and my knee and I'm standing on the side of my knee is like a the size of a softball like on the outside I mean it was so swan I mean I was like well now it's gonna be four weeks tops you know so there were and he you know we had some conversation about that you know we need to make sure we uh, we why am I why am I suiting up why am I going through warmups? we need to make sure you know that they don't know who's starting and it was like Okay, but what if I add on two more missed games? So that was kind of a, you know, miscommunication. (laughs) We didn't really see eye to eye. But then um, when I was deemed out for the season, um, you know, I was trying to do the best I could to help the team and stuff. And then we had a – me and him kind of had some conflict that I went and talked to him about. We cleared it all up, and the guy had no idea that I was out for the season. At like – I don't know if there was three, four games left. I mean, it was like, I never knew this like three weeks ago. He was mad. I was telling other people on the team. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm telling other people on the team. They're asking me, what, you know, how am I feeling? And so there was, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, I'm glad that you brought up TCU because I was going to actually ask you about that off the podcast, but.
3: Well, you know. Jeez. It is what it is. So.
1: I think it's uh, – a lot of people know that, but it's important for people to hear that that don't, honestly.
3: So I I don't know. I don't know how the miscommunication happened, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and he was upset that the media was the one that is telling him of this, and I was like, well, <laughs> I don't, it wasn't my job to say. you. I mean, this is fucked, I but know, it's hard not funny. to
1: honestly laugh at um, it now because it's so absurd.
3: And, uh, yeah, so that's that's my answer for that, I guess, the short version, but –
2: Well, I I appreciate you opening (laughs) up, and it's, I mean, I I think uh, for better or worse, I think that's kind of the example of uh, he hung on longer than he should have, Yeah. he can't even,
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it was just, no, I I got, nobody's coming after me anymore, (laughs) I got no sprints tomorrow, there's nothing to worry about, but um, it's a fine line, it it is, because if you say anything negative, and this is the, this is the truth. Um, I just try and tell the honest truth of what everybody, my friends, teammates think. And um, you know, you got to be really careful saying anything negative ever, because it deem- you know, he's done so much good stuff that um, you become looked at as a bad egg possibly. You know, is this guy going against the grain? You know, he's you know, rebel re- you know, rebellion. Uh, it's like I'm just telling you the truth here of what's happening but I guess I shouldn't. So that's, that's that.
1: Well, you're on a platform here that is, pff, we've said plenty of things, so uh, you're not going to get in hot water. Impression.
3: <laughs> you, yeah. That's all good.
1: You're not going to get in hot water from us. So we're going to get on to the questions that we basically have asked everyone for our blitz week. So mm-hmm. moving on to the new era, what was your yeah. first reaction when coach climbing was hired? And, you know, has it evolved since that initial hire to
3: now? Uh, so I definitely had a, open mind about it and I thought um to a point I understand we played like Central Arkansas my senior year and they were ranked like 15th or something and I mean, we blew them out of the water now granted they probably would have been Central Arkansas and North Dakota State 10 times that 10 but I mean they were elite to that level the level is a small drop off that's true but the fact is you know the guys got very creative schemes um they play very good defense and they don't ever lose. So how are you gonna not like that? Um, I, I I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I liked the guy. Um, I knew I know the AD Gene Taylor um, fairly well. Shout and out I, to Big, Gene. Yeah, we big Gene. Gene. We love Gene. Gene. We love Gene. Yeah, Gene's been has he been on the show? Twice. I've never, okay. Twice. Well, there you go. <laughs> he
2: got the recurring guest koozie. So I saw something. You need about to that. work towards that. Yeah.
3: Second appearance. Yeah. I need to work, Keep working on it. But um, I I had no doubt. I trusted he, he was. Very confident, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm all in then. And uh, has it evolved? It has evolved more. It's evolved, I think, just being more confident mm-hmm. even. Um, everything the players tell me is extremely positive. Uh, I think it's very obvious, and they would say the same thing, and it was kind of my impression going in or my assumption. When they showed up, it was like the morale couldn't have been any lower, and they're seeing – I mean, the, the amount of positive – I don't know if positive reinforcement is the right term here, but like the amount of everything is positivity um, to a point that's a little bizarre because everyone else is like, you know, you're getting spit in your eyes and you're getting cussed if you screw up. So, you know, they told me this, like, you know, well, we, it's odd. Like we'll make a mistake and they'll be like, you know, well, we had a pretty good day today. Like what? Like that's not what we were used to hearing, you know? So uh, it's different. And I think that they're really, and it's worked, I mean, for what they're trying to do. The energy is significantly better than it was when they took over. I mean, I went to practice uh, a while back, and, like, the energy – it's like before you walk outside, you hear coaches yelling, you hear quarterbacks yelling, you hear horns. It's just pretty quiet. And it was like going to outside of a school at recess. I mean, everyone's yelling and screaming, and, I mean, they're playing extremely hard. Um and whenever you're attacking a practice like that and you're enjoying it and you're really going, then you're going to improve. So that's my biggest take of it is regardless how they start or, uh, you know, new schemes, all this stuff. But regardless of that, they're going to improve based off of how they're practicing for my, that'd be my assumption, my guess.
2: Before Kleiman was announced, was there a guy that you were you know, in the back of your head hoping would get the job, or did you keep up with any of the rumors of who it may or may not be?
3: I mean, I heard names for sure. I didn't know much about the names. You know, it's tough for me. You know, a lot of them are coordinators and stuff, and it's like, okay, they have a good defense. They have a good whatever. But honestly, I I didn't know their coaching history very well, those guys are talking about. I didn't know a thing about Kleiman really um so I didn't have a huge uh, emotional horse in the race at all or anything like that
2: so you talked about how being able to be around the guys and see practices what mm-hmm. evolved your opinion of the hire even more uh outside of that have you had the chance to coach or talk to coach Klammer or any of the guys on the staff and yeah. if you have you know what was your takeaway from it
3: I haven't got to talk to hardly any of the coaches on the staff I think the only ones obviously no Colin um but I, uh, I got to talk to coach Messingham when I was there and, um, he actually was part of recruiting me when he was at Iowa state and I was in high school. So I actually met him a long time ago. It was kind of ironic, but, um, I didn't speak with him about football or anything like that. Just small talk. But, um, there's no doubt that the, the team is, um, you know, each position groups, like, you know, man, man, he, the dudes, the coaches here really care about us and they're like backing us and we ask them about something then they like seriously consider it and they All right, we'll make the change. I mean, it's to the point where I had like people on, um, you know, st- not s- coaching staff, but staff in the building and stuff talking about how different, you know, going over to practice on the grass fields before it was like, if there's some kid walking by the fence, get him off the property, you know, he's a spy. And now <laughs> they've got construction guys like doing stuff on the baseball field. And, um, I don't know. I just, uh, I think everybody's, uh, you know it's been a good transition and and hopefully i mean it doesn't matter unless you win there's no question so we'll see how that goes i, I know that they know that at the end of the day
1: all right we're gonna get into some official predictions here who you're predicting to be the offensive mvp of this team and why
3: wow um that's a good question um so it's different you know showing's been around he's made so many good plays um you got to think he's going to catch the most balls. But then again, when you're the most proven guy and I wouldn't say that they're loaded with playmakers on offense, I mean, at least proven guys. So he's going to get more attention. So that's going to be a negative. So I, that's kind of, you know, that's tough to choose him. He's going to see a lot of attention from defense. Skyler would be your obvious choice. Um, I mean, why not? I mean, he's been in, this is his third year now, um, starting games and, um, you know, he's going to be the most comfortable he's been as a leader. The game's going to be super slow for him. He should be able to have great command at the line, all those things. Game management should be as good as it's ever been for him. Um, I'd, I'd probably have to pick him, you know. I think something that I've talked about a little bit with you, I think, off-air, was the offensive line and and how the schemes last year, in my opinion, really didn't match their strengths, and it sounds very general I say that. And you got to understand that, as far as offensive line goes, we've always recruited and trained our offensive linemen to be slightly undersized so that they were very mobile and in shape. So when you say a pulling <coughs> a pulling lineman, that refers to like a guard or a tackle or even a center going backwards and, and and looping around the line and blocking a guy who doesn't see him coming. And they fill that void really quickly. And it's a lot of movement blocking rather than just blocking straight. Guy in front of you, and la- and we went from the Dana Dimmel era, who was very creative doing that, and he was a run game guy, and then Coleman was a pass game secondary guy, and it was very standard zone, which is not the strength of smaller guys to block straight ahead, right? It's all reads, just zone read. That was all it was, and everyone I heard a lot of people saying, "Well, the offensive lines should be better; they're getting a push," and it's like, well, they're kind of playing with their left hand, and I think that you'll see a that might be your. That might be your MVP. Is the the change in the schemes? Um, I mean, they're they're coming from North Dakota State where they run the ball and they're playing with heavier personnel sets, way a lot more creative in the box. And I could see people being like, "Man, the offensive line got way better." And some of that is true, and some of that may be being in better position. So that might be my that's my close second, Skyler. Them I might put them at a tie.
1: Well, yeah, you say that. That's we had a pre- like a kind of a preview show where we talked about what we're going to be looking at, and we both were like, we're going to be keyed in on watching that offensive line and mm-hmm. how they handle this change. So it's going to be exciting to see.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm looking it. forward to seeing the offensive line, the big guys. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel feel a kindred spirit with them. So yeah, they're <laughs> a little, little bit taller, but yeah. So flipping on the defensive side, is there any guy that if you're going to put your money on to be the defensive MVP mm-hmm. this year, who would you be gambling on? At my book, yeah. uh, A G. promo code, <laughs> Okay. chair. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, the <laughs> defensive line should be very solid last year. Uh, I'm sorry, last year, this year. And going back to last year, um, you know, uh, Reggie Walker is a name that everybody knows because he had such a strong year in 2016. I don't know, he might have been a redshirt freshman. And I don't know if he's matched the numbers. I mean, he's come close. But, um, you know, he, he hasn't exploded quite the way that people expect him to. Wyatt Hubert has silently gotten extremely, extremely good on the other side, and whenever you have two very good defensive ends, they're both going to—I mean—they're both going to exceed expectations because there's so much stuff with protections. And I mean, think about—you got four down linemen typically, you have five offensive linemen, so you're uh, you're you're getting two guys on somebody, right? And they have a running back, so there's a lot of double teams that happen that you don't realize. That should benefit both those guys. Either one of them could could have a great year as far as sacks. Trey Deshaun has been playing very good football for three years. Um, I think he was All Big 12 last year. Uh, he's one of the most, probably the most reliable guy. He got the dogs quick in the toy. He's probably the most reliable guy I'd say on that defense. Um, I mean, he's he's as good as anybody. Uh, there's some new faces. You know, Walter Neal. Um, He played quite a bit last year, had a good year. I mean, as a second-year starter, he could step a bunch. A.J. Parker, same way. Linebackers. I mean, you just have so many guys that are going in their second year. It's hard to say. Somebody's going to take a huge step, though. I mean, that's what happens.
1: Yeah, you say Walker. I mean, when Walker had his biggest year, obviously having those two guys creates such big problems. He had Willis to build off of. So I do expect him to have a nice senior year with Wyatt Hubert down there.
3: Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Wyatt Hubert's got the – uh, Hercules' here right now. And yeah. We
2: got to see him down at uh, Media Day. Him and uh, Trey – well, and Reggie were down there. It was yeah. all sorts of defensive line and defensive lineman Skylar. Oh, look at that dog go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there's some young guns that are definitely going to get some opportunities with the the four-game redshirt um, mm-hmm. rule now. Are you predicting any any young players to break out, like redshirt sophomore or younger and who do you think that might be
3: oh i'm just guessing you know and you, you can only believe uh about a fourth of what you what you hear what you read you know so uh i just i have a hard time because i've had such an experience with being on the team and media blowing up a guy that i know is like the sixth guy to spot that it's hard for me to buy into the stuff i see on twitter and stuff so i, I don't know that's a really hard question and i hate to you know, you hate to be that guy. You know, I'm not saying I was, but there's guys that nobody talks about that are like a dog at their position, and they're talking about some other guy who's not because he was a high recruit or something. So I don't know. I, re- I won't answer that question. Fair enough. That's fair <laughs>
2: enough. Uh, and now that we're really starting to get to the big one, if you were going to put mm-hmm. Jesse Ertz next to a win loss prediction, Oh. In cement. Gosh, this is. This and is the tough. boneheads will hold you accountable. Okay. What win-loss prediction are you throwing out there? Hmm.
3: This is tough. <laughs> you know, anytime you're not saying we win the Big Twelve, it feels like you're letting the people down. You know, especially guys on the team. But let's let's get my honest prediction. Um, so we won five games last year. Let's talk it out here real quick. We won five games last year and we lost a lot of key contributors. Um, a guy that was, I mean, Dalton Reisner was, uh, for that, as far as that team went, he was more than, you know, he was like a captain captain. Right. Um, so they, they lost quite a bit. However, I really believe in the, in the coaching, uh, change. I, I mean, I think that, as far as schemes and stuff, I talked about the way they're practicing. Um, coming into the year, coming into the coaching change, I thought I don't see how they're going to win five games next year if they that was last year. Um, but I'm I think they'll make a bull game. I'll say that. Fair enough. I like that. That's a good prediction. If we I make a bull game, gonna, I'll be they'll exceed, I, would say by 50. I think they'll exceed five wins. Another thing with that. I don't know how many exactly, but I mean you have like four coaching changes in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how many quarterbacks are back, but I don't think it's a ton. I think you got the guy at Baylor who's pretty solid. Um uh you know, Oklahoma, you know, I mean regardless they have they got very good schemes. They'll be throwing a smoking guys in my eyes. But um I don't know who else but whenever you have <laughs> Ellinger. Ellinger, yeah. UK yeah, he'll be good. We got pimp juice. But still, yeah, you still have quite a few other, you know, whenever the quarterbacks our first year starters, I mean, you know, those games are up for grabs.
1: Last question before we wrap things up, what if any statement wins are you willing to predict? You know, are we gonna are we gonna yeah. steal one at Texas? Or are we gonna finally beat this beat Oklahoma at home and break this streak that's been like mm-hmm. a billion years since we've beat them in Manhattan? Yeah. What do you think we are gonna So win again, any big ones?
3: an honest opinion, I think Texas will beat OU this year. I think they'll be a better team than OU. I think um, they're trending upward, and I, I like what they're doing. Um, a statement win. I guess it doesn't have to be the two top yeah. teams. I I could see. I think I'll take us beating. Um, I mean, Iowa State should be good, no. and I think we'll beat <laughs> Iowa State though.
2: Yes, we will beat them, but they're probably going to only win two games this year.
3: Yeah, that's out of my. I, t- <laughs> I don't have a good accurate guess on that, but I'll say I'll take us beating Iowa State because they got to be. I mean, going. Oh, I don't know what their preseason. Ranked they're like twenty one or something. But as far third as third, that's kind of third or fourth. Of I think that that'd be a, a big win.
1: I honestly, I mean, I do think I hate Iowa State, and praising them makes mm. me ill. But Don't do it. I think they're gonna be around the eight to nine wins, eight to nine wins this year, and they're obviously they've been trending up consistently. And I think beating them would be a statement win, especially with all the just. Blowing of Campbell constantly from the media and how good he is. Beating him would, beating them would be a statement win in Kleiman's first year,
2: especially if
3: it meant to go into a bowl. Do you know when we play them uh, back Last out game. of the season? Final Last game. Oh, yeah. I, my, I'm raising that. I'll put more money down on that
2: one. Hey, th- there you go. Iowa State hasn't won nine games in our lifetime, so I just want oh. to throw that out there. Okay. You know, it's true. Which, I mean, they're – They throw parades for eight wins. Must underachieving bunch of losers. Yeah. yeah. I know you're from Iowa, but you live <laughs> hey. down here in the Kansas City area now. You went to K-State. I'm from Iowa,
3: but, you know, I got nothing to do with Iowa State or Iowa anymore, Perfect. Man. Well, I, thanks. I,
2: I, I wish uh, Jake Waters would have been as loyal as you. Yeah. yeah. He did <laughs> go he over there on and staff over flirt there? with them for a while.
3: No, he's in uh, – he's oh, at yeah. UTEP. He went
2: to, yeah, he went down to UTEP. He yeah. He went down to UTEP. Yeah. Well, we uh, let all of our uh, guests have the final word. So you wow. talk to the Boneheads, any K-State fan who listens. Uh, you can tell them whatever you want. Uh, you can you know, plug Shit. whatever businesses you want. <laughs> they can tell them where to follow you on social media.
3: I don't really have any good plugins. Right? I wish I had like some good SoundCloud music to put on, right? But uh, you seem
2: like a SoundCloud rapper.
3: You know, maybe know. like freshman year high school, you know, but not anymore. I had to give it up. Is uh, there anything I'd out there
2: on the internet that might have like uh, you know, something
3: that'd be embarrassing that I've never once seen? Uh, I can't think of anything really. Maybe some some bad pictures on like everybody's got bad pictures I, on I Facebook was, from like two thousand five right? Jesse
2: Ertz mixtape somewhere on Zanga or MySpace somewhere. Who's right? your no. favorite rapper?
3: My favorite rapper? I feel like I I've I, I you. listen to all I listen to primarily rap music, but I listen to a right. bunch of people. I don't really have a specific. Um, I used to love Kid Cudi. I used to love Kid Cudi. Um, that was the high school thing. I don't know. Now <laughs> I a little bit everything, but. I say uh, Jay Cisco. My middle name is Cisco, so I, a lot of people is it think. Really? I, came from- a lot of people think I'm lying. I had to show my ID <laughs> half the time. My middle name is Cisco. Oh, I thought that was just a cool yeah, nickname. I thought that was just a awesome name. No, nickname. it's Jesse Cisco or That's so. fucking amazing. That That's cool. Almost better. Well, hey, I love that. I didn't pick it. I just I got it. So Jay Cisco sixteen is uh, like all my handles. So Instagram and Twitter. But, all right. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Everyone, tweet at him. Tell him uh, to come on every time we ask him to. Hey, I'll be uh, here. <laughs> then uh, leave a, your favorite Jesse Ertz story with a five-star review. Yeah. Uh, first person to do that <laughs> and send us a screenshot, I will send you a purple Bosco's Boys cut koozie. Tell us favorite moment, and you can't use the Baylor.
3: Yeah, that doesn't but count. I like it. I like it. I'm excited.
2: All right, perfect. Thank you for coming on, Jesse. Us at Bosco Boys, we love you. Stay State <laughs> fans, we love you. Uh, hey, next week is game week. Let's get rocking.
1: Appreciate me at the, it. Oh, meet me at the Cathead.
4: Crush a bit, little bit, roll it up, take a hit, Feeling it, feeling like 2 a.m. summer night. I don't care, hand on the wheel. Driving drunk, I'm doing my thing. Rolling the mid beside and out Living my life, getting our dreams. People told me, slow my road. I'm screaming out that I'ma do just what I want. Looking ahead, no turning back. If I fall, if I die, no, I lived it to the fullest. If I fall, if I die, no, I lived and missing bullets. I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know.
0: I ain't always gonna
4: waking up to the sky Tell me what you know about dreams, dreams Tell me what you know about night There is nothing You don't really care about the trials of tomorrow Rather lay awake in the bed full of sorrow I'm on the Super- get it i'll be good uh
0: Podcast Network.